Welcome to Just Life, where we share our life experiences and lessons to make your life easier. We are on a mission to become the best versions of ourselves, and if you're trying to do the same, you're in the right place. Let's talk about life. Hello, and welcome back to Just Life for episode four. This is Cicely Porter, and I'm here with Lou, as always. And today's topic, we are talking about identity. And identity is pretty much central to everything in our lives. Like we spend our whole lives trying to figure out who we are, what we like, what we want to do. And being in college, it just makes it even harder to understand who you are and what you're doing. Because it's a college, to me, is just a big transition phase between childhood and adulthood. Yeah, I think 20s is a very difficult time for people because you're kind of thrown into, you were just a kid and now you're expected to be an adult, but a couple months ago you were living under your parents' roof and they were cooking food for you and now you have to kind of do everything yourself. So you're like, wow, like, who am I? Like, how am I going to do this? So I think it's a really hard time in our 20s. It definitely is. And you were talking about cooking. I can only make, like, some noodles. (laughs) I ain't there yet, man. I'm going to get there, but, man, it's tough. Like, you think about it. You turn 18, and then people just, like, throw something, like, throw everything at you, and, like, okay, now it's your turn to make decisions. Like, did you prepare me for this? No, I am lost. And And I think. I, I think it's normal for, like, everyone to feel lost at some point in their life because we are on this earth to find our purpose, find our identity, and I don't know if we're supposed to know everything right now. I think we have to grow into ourselves. Well, the real question is, does anybody even know anything for real? And (laughs) why I say that, yeah, I'm getting all philosophical. If you know me, you know that's me. But, I mean, you kind of figure out that things change so much over time that advice from someone older doesn't always apply the same way. Like, sometimes you have to take something and apply it to your life now instead of applying it to somebody's life 30 years ago. Like, something that worked 30 years ago might not work now. And that's okay. It's like, you need to be modern. You need to be present. And identity can sometimes go back to past places. And it can manifest itself in the present. And you can try to be someone from 1990, but you need to be somebody in 2022. You weren't even born in 1990, but you still attempt to live a life of someone in the past. So it's important to be present and live within yourself now. And I think that's the beautiful thing about life is that we're currently and always evolving. We're always getting new experiences, meeting new people. We're never stagnant. We're always growing. I mean, that's what's scary, you know. People might not want to even accept that, but we always are growing and changing and things are happening all around us. I had to tell a friend of mine the other day, like, there's no guarantee that we'll be friends forever. There's no guarantee that the boyfriend or girlfriend you have will be with you forever. Like, you have to live life as it comes at you because you never know what's going on. You know, you have to accept these things. Otherwise, you end up miserable. And, God, I've been there before. It's not cool. Definitely. Um, when we first talked about identity was going to be our topic, I had to Google identity because it's such like, you know what it is, but like you can't put a definition to it. Like if it was my pageant word, I would definitely blow it because <laughs> how do you explain identity? So when I looked it up, it was talking about like morals and hobbies and things that you just say about yourself to describe yourself. Hmm. 
So I thought that was really interesting. And I think everyone in their life sometimes is like, who am I? And like, what do I like? What hobbies? Like, what makes me me? I always think about the phrase, be yourself. It's in every classroom growing up. Everyone has heard that phrase at least a hundred times. Be yourself. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, first of all, being yourself doesn't always work because some, sometimes we are a little weird and sometimes we need to be told we're weird, you know. I've been there before. Sometimes you need to correct yourself and being yourself doesn't always work. Like, people put, like, this frowning on, like, conforming, but, like, sometimes conforming is necessary because it keeps you in line and it keeps you together, you know. You could do that crazy thing, or you could sit down and be quiet and not cause a ruckus, you know. But be yourself, like that phrase just, it makes me mad because I don't know what it means. Like, be yourself, but like, who are you? Like, what does that phrase mean? And honestly, I kind of think it's like a brainwashing technique because like, do you know the Disney motto or whatever? Like, all dreams come true. That's brainwashing. I'm glad you even brought that up because we like live these parables, you know? all dreams come true, uh, be yourself, know yourself, love yourself. We don't even understand what these things mean. Like the phrase be yourself, like people take that literally. But I think like if you actually look at what it means, it's more so like it's about learning about you and accepting yourself and being able to understand that you're human and you have flaws or all dreams come true. Mm. Like all dreams don't come true. Like some of us, We'll never get the things we dream of, but you have to be able to accept that. And by believing these things wholeheartedly and taking them at face value, you set yourself up for disappointment every time and how that affects your identity in a very weird way. You set yourself up for failure. Like you make yourself a, try to make yourself a perfect person, even though you're not perfect, you're flawed. And it's okay to be flawed, you know? Like your identity isn't going to be something you just wake up one day and know. It's going to be a process of every single day. And I think we try to make our identity of things that we are involved in, like sports and social media and hobbies. But like you need to get deeper into your authentic self. Like who are you as a person? What are your morals? Like how do you treat people? That's what I think of when I think of like be yourself. I don't think of like, oh, I my favorite color is pink. And I like, no, it's you are as a person having that sense of comfortability within your own body and people might not completely understand this because they aren't aware that they do this but I catch myself doing this even of like not being comfortable with being who I am to an extent like where it's like I have to change everything about me to fit into a certain group of people or fit a certain circumstance and it's like you know sometimes that's fine especially when you're in a certain environment. But if you're just out in the world, it shouldn't always be like that, where you have to constantly change yourself for other people, mm-hmm. you know? Like like I said, conforming, like there's nothing wrong with being professional or being nice or, you know, being someone who people can depend on. But there is something wrong with like being taken advantage of or letting yourself just completely forget who you are for other people. Like you have to find yourself and find what makes you you and not let people identify who you are for you. Yeah, you have to be confident in your identity and not let people walk over you. And I always ask myself, like, I want to be the nice person, but is being nice to everyone really being nice when that person's being mean to another? Like, you have to stand up and do what's right. 
uh, us a popular phrase, uh, stand for something or fall for anything. You know? Stand for something. It don't matter what it is. Maybe you like pie better than cake. Die on that hill. Don't let somebody take that away from you. That's your identity. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your hardest challenge with your identity? This has been one thing. It's been like part of your identity is like where you're from. You know, you can't control that. Like your race, you can't control that. And that has definitely been like a big problem with my identity. Just because like I come from, first of all, come from college-educated people. Like, I come from very intelligent people. Like, my grandfather was college-educated. My dad's college-educated. I'm going to be college-educated. My mom's college-educated, you know. My younger sister, college-educated. Well, she's going to be, you know. So, expectations are high. And then, you know, I'm African-American. So, there's just a different culture. You know, growing up, I was, like, smart and preppy and well-spoken and quiet. But when I did speak, it was the why you talk white and, uh, oh, like, you know, that's not how black people talk. And then once I got a little older and I wanted to add, like, my personality to, like, the way I dress or who I was, it was like, that's white people stuff or you dress like you're white. And, and the way that affected me personally was, like, it made me not feel like I was black or not feel like I was somebody who deserved that title, which is very much so like a odd feeling. You have like imposter syndrome when that is your reality. And for me, it's like, you know, I don't really take jokes or anything like that too seriously about those things for the most part. But when I know somebody's trying to insult me, it does, those things bother me just because it's like, I don't have to try to be black. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, um, this is another common thing. I come from a family who has, like, resources and money and things like that. Not, like, rich. But we're middle class. And it's like if you grow up and you're, like, black and you don't come from poverty, you also get judged in a really weird way. It's like, oh, you don't understand because you're spoon-fed. You don't understand because both of your parents are there. Like, the stereotype of black kids not having a dad is, like, real, and people will take that as, like, since you have a dad, you have something I don't, and, like, that's special, you know? Like, like you are, like, better off than me, and it's like, I'm not going to say it comes from a place of jealousy. I can't speak on that because I've never experienced that myself, but I, what I've experienced is, like, the vitriol that comes from people like that, where it's like, they don't take you as seriously because you come from different opportunities, and it can be very hard to adjust to that. Like, constantly being judged for those things made me very unconfident in who I was for a long time. And when I got to college and like, I was on my, I mean, kind of on my own. I lived at home, but like coming here, I did everything by myself. I have to do everything by myself. It made me question my identity because I just realized how much I did not fit in with people who look like me all the time. And it made it incredibly hard for me to trust myself and trust who I was. At a certain point, I kept telling myself, like, you aren't even really black. Like, that's that's not real. Like, being black isn't who you are. It's what you are, you know? Like, I I had no control over the way I came out. I look like this. My experience is one of African American. Like, people judge me off of that. You know, like, I can't do anything about that. And that's real, you know? It's so interesting. And it even has you questioning your identity. I remember when you first mentioned this to me, I was shook. I was like, wow, like you really are questioning your identity when you 
you know like you're black and everyone knows you're black but because of things you did that are just you people were calling you white and it just makes no sense like why are we categorizing these things by race well that will be a topic that I go on <laughs> like forever about but I guess it was it's just something you have to deal with you know like it's something I had to adjust to and you stay away from people like that like mm-hmm. there was incidents specifically where it's like oh if I wear a certain kind of shoes like if I like legitimately if I don't wear like Jordans or I don't wear Air Force Ones with a certain outfit it's like you're dressing white like that has legitimately been my experience like and what it's done is it's made me like not be close to people like in general made me always keep an arm's distance away just because I always got compared to stereotypes. And as far as my identity goes, for a long time, it was like I would just be like how everybody else was. I would just do what they did. And even still, I would still get made fun of for the same things. So I got to college, and that's still happening to me. And it's like, well, like, what am I going to do now? You know, like, it made me question myself so much. It just, it put me in a very dark place. And Man, I've been in dark places a lot on this podcast. Man. Um, it just made me think, like, what do I have to do to be accepted? And then I realized that that was the problem. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were trying to change yourself when, even when you're trying to be, like, fit in with those people, you still aren't happy because you aren't being you. Exactly. Like, n- like no shade to anybody like that. Like, I don't care if you do all the stereotypical black stuff like I don't care you know like that's you and I'll probably still be cool with you like I have people I'm cool with like that but that's not me like I I'm different from all that and it's such minuscule stuff that like your shoes you were wearing and how you talk like I said that's just how it is like I can't explain it to I would have to very like go through it slowly to explain it to (laughs) in detail why it is like that you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and all I can say is, like, Cicely, I don't talk the same way around you that I talk around people who look like me, okay? And, well, they call it code switching, but trust me, like, I switch it up a lot. Like, if I'm talking, look, look if you listen to the mischievous podcast, I am not this way on that podcast, okay? <laughs> like, it's different, and it's not, like, acting stereotypical or anything. Mm-hmm. It's more so, like, I get to show like, the more comical side of me yeah. in that way. But, like, that side of me is not funny to, like, certain people, you know? Like, I am not that funny when I get around, like, uh, like in high school. I wasn't a funny guy, you know? I was class clown in the honors classes. But when I got in a regular class, you know, nobody laughing at me. <laughs> I was just, like, there. You know what I'm saying? No, like, yeah. I have a friend like that, too. Like, we were, like, partners in crime. Like, Used to make everybody laugh, have a good time. Everybody loved us. And then we get around, like, the regular cool kids that were just quiet. Like No, that that's so true. Like, when you're around your friends, you're all loud and, like, um, talking. But then once you get around, like, uh, people you don't really know, you get really quiet and kind of. Yeah. So, like, my race is definitely, or, like, the area I'm from, too, like, from East Chicago. Like, it has defined me in a very interesting way that, when I step out of that and like when I step in those rooms with those people, I don't feel smart, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is no shade to like anybody that looks like me. I just don't feel smart. Like I feel like I'm just regular. 
Like, but when I step in a room of people who don't look anything like me, like of all different kinds of races, and I speak, I I come to the realization I'm like, wow, like they sound way dumber than you do, like, <laughs> like, and my whole thing was not even dumb, like that's an insult. I don't mean it as in like you sound lesser than me, but it's like I realize like I am a lot smarter than I realize, and I I, f- I feel like I first realized that this last year even, like having class with like Cicely and you know. Shout out Wolf or, you know, shout out, like, Sonya. Shout out Barbara Lack. Like, having that class, I kind of realized, like, I ask a lot of questions most people probably wouldn't ask. Like, I talk about things most people probably wouldn't touch. And it's kind of taboo to do that, like, in certain circles. And it makes it very hard for you to be yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm blessed now to have friends who get me and understand me and they, you know, they entertain my dumb philosophical ideas sometimes. You know? I, I think community is so important with your identity because when you're around the right people, you are yourself. But if you get around the people who are negative and that will persecute you for not being like them, it's negative on you and on your identity. Exactly. And what that really does is it stifles you and it can make you make poor decisions it can put you in a box that you don't need to be in. Like, like, okay, my friend, he also comes from like a little bit of like money and you know, like good people. And we kept having this same argument with people about like ways to make yourself better, ways to make it out of like a bad situation. Basically, how you get out the hood. So they kept saying, oh, the only way you get out the hood is if you rap or you play a sport. And me and him both were like, no. Like, we were like, we're going to be out of here because we did school, we're smart, like, we're going to make something of ourselves. And that did not get taken seriously, like, at all. And I guess what it showed me is that, like, mindset is important. Like, if you think because you come from the bottom that you're going to stay there, you'll never get anywhere, you know? Definitely, mindset is so important. I guess with with identity, like, what, as far as for you, when you were growing up, what is one thing that you always, like, identified as or helped you shape your identity? Um, well, I think, like, where you're from really shapes your identity, and I'm from a really small town farming community, so I feel like that's a big part of my identity. Growing up, I love nature, and I really got that sense of security and uh, privacy, and I really mm. enjoyed that, and Growing up, I always wanted to, like, live in the city and, like, get out of the farmland, but now I've come to realize, like, I do love the farmland. Mm. So that's something. Um, When you're talking about race, I'm white, but I'm mixed with a few things, and I feel like that confuses people a lot, and people are very weird when it comes to race. I I think everyone can agree on that, but I have people, like, ask me, oh, are you Mexican? And I'm like, no, and they're like, yeah, you are, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm not, but um, I've had really weird experiences like that. Like, one another example is I used to work at Bob Evans, and an older man came in, and he's, before I even served him, he said, what are you? (laughs) I didn't even know what to say. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And he's like, well, are you Italian? Are you Mexican? And I'm like, oh, just a mix of a bunch of stuff. And it was, like, so awkward to be put on the spot like that. I bet that is, like, pretty weird for you, too. Like, just because it's, like, 
I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. It does matter, but, like, it is not the end-all, be-all, you know? It's none of, like, people's business, really. (laughs) I guess it's hard to separate something like race from identity because it is so constrained to identity. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a big part. Like, just because culturally you learn a lot from, like, who you are that way, and you identify a lot. I, uh, there was somebody asking these, I seen like a tweet about this. It was like, are you black? Like, this is some black stuff. It was like, are you black first or man first? And I really thought about it like, what do people identify as first? Do they identify as a man or do they identify like with their race? You know, like, what do they identify with? And I thought about myself and I was like, well, I see myself as like man first just because it's like, I always knew I'm like, I'm different from women, like, completely. But some people, hmm. I mean, pretty much, some people identify wholeheartedly with their race first. But I think being, like, a man or a woman is also a big part of your identity. I, okay, people, like, talk about stereotypes a lot. I've even talked about them a little bit. But if there's one thing about stereotypes is that sometimes – we perpetuate them without even thinking about it. Not just because it's like programmed in us, but most some of it is just because it's so natural mm-hmm. to be a certain way. Like stereotypes just don't exist because like some did exist for bad reasons and people made them. Yeah, like there have been problematic stereotypes. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think nowadays, especially in America, when you talk about stereotypes, you fit the bill on some of these pretty much. Like as a man, you know. For men, it's like, oh, they're not super emotional, and, you know, like, I mean, I think that's the biggest one, not being emotional mm-hmm. is a big one for a man. And for a woman, it's like being more emotional and needy. And then, like, men are just naturally stronger, and women are a little bit more weaker. And men are usually seen as, like, louder, more in charge, and women more quiet. And, you know, people kind of mix those things, and it's like somewhat of a spectrum sometimes with that. But for the most part, people usually fall on one end or the other because human beings are extremists. And it's very interesting. Like, I guess I'm gonna ask you, like, how has being a woman like affected your identity as well? Like, how, what has that done for you? I love being a woman. Like, I would never change that. Uh, back to the men's mental health thing though. I, I think that's such like a huge topic right now because 84 men take their own life every week. 75% of all suicides are male. So I, I think that's a huge topic, and I think it should be more talked about because um, stereotypically women are the ones that are more emotional and um, that are hurting themselves and committing suicide more, but it's just not true. No, it's, it's such an interesting thing. Like, I'll say this. I'm not the same emotionally as a woman would be. Like I am a vulnerable person, but to an extent, I do withdraw emotional a lot. And people don't understand why. Like mm-hmm. I talk to girls, like, why don't you just express yourself the way we do? And I have to explain to them, it is dangerous for me to do that sometimes. Like, and they don't get it. Like being like that in certain situations can like really, really mess you up. Like. If something scary or bad happens or you're in danger, you have no time to be emotional in that point. Like, you have to be on guard. Like, if I'm with my sister or something, like, I can't let her just be, like, 
messed up. I have to mm-hmm. be there, be present, and like control the situation. And okay, sure, you know, a lot of people are like I don't need a man to save me. Uh, newsflash, bro. It would be more helpful if you had a man there. You know, like my sister specifically talks about this. Like she feels safe when I'm there and we go places because she know people wouldn't mess with her because I'm there. And we could say that's like a bad thing, but like it's that's real, you know. Being a woman is scary sometimes. It's terrifying. I know it is, and like I've had to protect like women in my life just because it's like they can't protect themselves all the time from a man, you know. Like it's just this difference of power that's just there, and another man is like the solution. And I think it's beautiful because I think men need women, and women need men, and we all need each other, and like. It's just that beautiful balance. Yeah, and like being that person who someone can lean on is it's a great feeling. And you know, you talked about suicide. I think a lot of men are missing feeling needed. Mm-hmm. Like feeling like somebody needs them. You know, you hear a lot like women specifically say they don't need men and you know, they always say, oh, I can get it by myself and but we don't even acknowledge the fact that like men do a lot to help like mm-hmm. each other and women you know like yeah we're very we're very intent on doing things like that like we're not all bad people we're not you know yeah of course we do bad things just and like anybody else this is just in general like friendships and mm-hmm. women do things that men can't do and men can do things that women can't do but that's that balance that we're referring to i know for me like as a dude um Sometimes it can be very hard to just exist. And I guess I have to explain this. Like, you're expected to be two things at the same time. Like, you're expected to, like, be this, like, protector. And then now people also expect you to also be, like, this person in touch with your feelings. And sometimes those two things just can't coexist. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I tell my women friends all the time like if it's one thing i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna cater to your feelings and i'm not gonna lie to you because it's like why what am i doing that for to make you feel better but is that gonna help your situation it's like no like i'll i'll never lie i i had a friend she got mad at me because i called her desperate i was like you're acting desperate right now she's like you don't tell a woman she's acting desperate i was like well why not when you are and it wasn't like a shot. I wasn't insulting her, but I was telling her, like, you need to chill, you know, like. And, of course, it made me feel bad. Like, oh, I hurt your feelings. But I was like, well, we're okay. Like, we're still friends, and you still love me. Like, it's it's cool, you know. Like, I just want to tell you what I think, and I'm not going to hold that back. And You need those friends to hold you accountable. Yeah, I need to be told I'm crazy sometimes, too, man. I be tripping. And in the moment, you know, you get defensive, but then you mm-hmm. think back later, like, you know what, I was tripping. Like, yeah, I was just crazy. take a walk, drink some water, and you're like, okay, maybe they were right. Yeah. It's not a shot, you know. But I guess the way that intertwines with, like, my identity, this is going to sound like so, it's going to sound kind of bad, but, like, this is going to go in, like, relationship territory. okay. Being a black man has been very difficult, I, like, with dating, like, or just dealing with people in general. There is just this thing about, like, being friendly that just gets you nowhere sometimes. And this is with people in general. If you are friendly sometimes, people just do not trust you. Like, mm-hmm. Very true. It is tough. And I'm a friendly person. Like, 
Well, Cicely might not think this because first like six months I knew Cicely, I didn't talk to her at all. But <laughs> I just thought you were too good for me. Didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> but like my experience has always been like being labeled too nice. And I realized a long time ago, like, I am not a nice person. Like, this is what I mean by that. I can be an asshole, a big one. Ask anybody who knows me. I can make the most terrible jokes. And if, as in terrible, you know what I mean if you know me. Um, I can just, like, be too honest sometimes. I can just come off very abrasive without trying to. Like, that is me. Like, that is who I am. But, man, it's it's very hard to, like, try to be friendly and be a man sometimes because if you are interested in a woman, it's just like, oh, you're you're such a great friend. I'm like, yo, I didn't come here for that. Like, what are you talking about? But that's just reality. I think for girls, it's it can be like that sometimes with dudes because sometimes dudes don't like all friendly girls, like nice, like nah. And they like their girls a little, um, a little mean, mm-hmm. but... Nice girls can they get away with a little more. Like they, they, they can be nice. Yeah, we're going on a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, we're going on a tangent. <laughs> Whatever. We we do this in regular conversation. Trust me, this is not unusual. Identity. We okay, you said negative right there. And with your identity, there's this thing with mindset that can kinda get you caught up of either being too optimistic or too like pessimistic. And I went through a phase of nihilism. If you don't know what nihilism is, it's like believing that nothing in the world matters. Not morality. Like, there's like literally no meaning in the world. I went through a phase of this. Maybe, like, pretty much all 2021, honestly. Like, of not feeling like anything ever mattered. Like, that was me. Like, and it was like mindset. Nihilism is bad. Pessimism is just like, thinking everything bad is going to happen. Optimism, you think everything good is going to happen. Nihilism is literally like nothing matters at all. Like good, bad, indifferent, it does not matter. So I went through a phase of just like thinking nothing mattered and nothing I did mattered and being a good person doesn't matter. And I went through a whole phase of this and having so many philosophical discussions with people about these things and just coming up empty. And it took me like, it took me to lose two friends and get rejected by this girl I liked and, like, doing all of this just to realize, like, there is definitely meaning in these things. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel so bad about them. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to find that balance again. Like, you can't be too optimistic, but you can't be, like, you got to be in that gray area. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. Cicely is so hard on herself all the time, even though – Cicely is legitimately the most accomplished person I know at this age. Like, if you had Cicely's resume in your hand right now, you would think she was, like, a veteran, okay? You wouldn't think she's 20 years old, about to be 21. And I look at my resume, bare bones, you know? I don't even give myself slack. I just be like, whatever. Cicely's over here like, I wish I could do more. I'm like, Cicely, you're already, like, solving world hunger. Like, stop it. But for her, it's like, she is doing a lot and I don't do much but like I have a little bit more compassion for myself like I just don't give myself oh I don't give myself enough credit either sometimes but it's like that's that's a mindset thing like confidence confidence is a mindset like these are all things that are part of your identity like being egotistical that's a mindset you know like 
at a certain point, you have to get over yourself, you know? And I guess I say all this to say, like, I don't think it's necessarily about having a positive mindset all the time. I think it's about having a generally good worldview, mm-hmm. understanding, like, the good and the bad. I'm not going to say bad. The good and the evil of the world and understanding that you're human. Like, I keep saying that, but we get caught up so much in not believing in ourselves and not believing that we can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like me and Cicely included. We're both perfectionists in different ways. And what it does is it it makes you pause, you know? It doesn't help you with progress. Or in Cicely's case, it makes you keep doing these things until you get the perfect thing. It's like you're never going to get it perfect, you know? You have to accept that. When you get stuck in these weird ways, it's like you don't ever find yourself in a productive like space. Even being too optimistic, the reason you can't be too optimistic is because when bad things do happen, the letdown is so much worse. And when you're pessimistic, when good things happen, usually you self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. You gotta find that middle ground, you know, of high here, low there, high here, low there, because bad things are gonna happen, you have to accept them. The last thing I want to talk about or touch on in this podcast is uh, identity crisis. Mm-hmm. I I think athletes experience this a lot. The pageant world experiences this a lot. And I think people in general, I feel like identity crisis is like a huge thing that we have to face in today's world. I don't know if it's because of social media or the pressures on us, but uh, what do you think about it? I think it's an age thing. Like Age thing, okay. I think every person has went through this, like, identity crisis thing. And, like, regular people, you know, you have to figure these things out, and it's hard. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm in it a little bit now. Of not not so much, like, I don't know who I am, but, like, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, like, mm-hmm. looking ahead. And that purpose, yeah. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to continue to affect the world in whatever way I can? It is very hard to just not go through that and be this age. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us go to school and then we, we're in a major we think we want to be in, then we change it. And then we think we're, we want to be in that and we change it again. And I know people like that. Like, we don't know. Yeah, and I think we really lack patience. And when one thing doesn't go our way or we start to lose that side of ourselves, we just ditch it and move on to the next. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't give it enough time to work out. And... Like, like I said, that's not just an our generation kind of thing. So many people before us have went through the same things. That's why sometimes sometimes people just end up working jobs just to work them, not so much just like their passion. And that's probably a big percentage of people. Sometimes you don't even have a passion you want to work towards, you know? Like everybody doesn't have a life purpose with a job, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe your life purpose is to be a mother, you know? Yeah. Maybe your life purpose is to be the best worker you can be at whatever company you work at. You know, like, there's no one set path for everybody, and that's the thing you have to, like, accept. And I think we stress too much on, like, finding our purpose. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what? Like, just chill. It's going to happen. Like, that is your purpose. You're not going to accidentally miss out on it. Like, you just got to trust, have faith, and just live life. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just life. You know, <laughs> but I think going with like identity crisis, I think this kind of falls into all of that. Like one thing that has kind of been lost in our current generation is like the idea of relationships and dealing with people. A lot of us just think that like people aren't important to our journeys or who you're with isn't important or who you do things with. 
But in reality, like, that is everything to who you are because they add and take away from you all the time. You know, people do put things on you, and being around certain people can really destroy who you are and make you into somebody you don't even recognize. So it's important to understand these things. It's like when you read, like, statistics about, you know, relationships or what people are going through as far as, like, friendships in this generation, you kind of realize, like, there are less and, there's less and less of that, mm-hmm. you know? Not as many, like, relationships in general. Not as many people having as many friends in general. And we've lost that, even though those things are what give us the most meaning in life. Okay, you can have the worst job ever, get paid the least amount of money, but if you have five good friends, you will love your life, you know? There's a quote. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like you can have as many followers, the best job, and blah, 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 but you need six people to carry your casket. Facts, though. Like... Sometimes we forget, or we try to put this off specifically, romantic relationships. We try to just say, they'll come eventually. And then we wake up one day, and then we're just lonely, and we don't know what to do. It's like, we can't keep putting off these things that are, like, so important. Because, I mean, of course, you're not going to be the same person at 21 that you are at 31. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't put yourself out there and try these different things and attempt to be intimate with people. Because it's going to help you grow, and it's going to build you. And it's, it is going to shape your identity. Like, heartbreak shapes your identity, you know? like Definitely, yeah. It's important to go through relationships and understand how to be in one and understand how to care for other people because that makes you a better person and adds to you. So I, I thought I would add that just because I know so many, like, men and women who talk about how they would never be in long-term relationships or they would never do these kinds of things. And I have to, like, tell them, like, you're missing out on something that could add to you as a human being Mm -hmm. because adding to somebody else adds on to you at the same time. Giving is also receiving. And to add, you have to go through challenges and tribulations in order to grow. And I think a lot of people don't want to go through, I mean, no one wants to go through injuries or depression or any kind of challenge, but you have to in order to evolve. Well, yeah, and nah, I'm gonna get real philosophical again. Who wants a life full with just positivity? You know, if you were always happy, happiness would be the default. And then it wouldn't be happiness anymore. It would just be the neutral way of being. We need negativity so we can appreciate the good things in our lives. And embracing that and understanding that life, to an extent, is suffering. Life is humiliation. Life is embarrassment. Life is all of these things, is a journey into contentment and peace. And peace in a way that is different from just, like, you know, sitting at home and nothing's going on. It's like peace within yourself where you're not always worried about who you are or what you're doing. You can understand that and be okay with whatever you're doing. You don't have to have an identity crisis all the time. You can just be yourself. Exactly. Uh, I had a question. Um, did you have any identity problems after quitting basketball? Man, I had the biggest identity problems after quitting basketball like I questioned the decision I still question it sometimes still to this day like I remember I had short hair I remember <laughs> I literally just cut my hair again because after I quit basketball I grew I just started growing my hair out like, I'm gonna grow it out and it was like this attachment thing to like a moment you know like I realized that with my hair it was like I am attaching myself to that steel so I was like, okay, I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to start new and I'm going to just do whatever I want because it's like I need to do this for me, you know. And at the time it was very hard. Like 
the biggest reason I joined Red Hawk Media was to have that community and support that I didn't have anymore because I wasn't in basketball. What also helped me do was like understand that my purpose is not just like with sports and my purpose isn't just with like basketball, it's with other people and adding to people. It's like being around different kinds of people and you know working with them like I'm working with Cicely right now it has just made me like so much better and made me see the world in a different way than I did before like I never thought I could like actually have friends in college and be cool with people like that that was a shocker for me and I know we already talked about this on our other episode the last one we did about sports but I think in sports like after you are done playing your sport you kind of have that identity crisis like what now who am i now because the first thing when people ask you like tell me about yourself oh i play blah 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 like that's like the number one answer i hear from people it's either a sport or a hobby well now i say i have a podcast so you're right (laughs) but i mean that is it is your identity but you can't make it your full identity it's a part of you but it is not you exactly it's not like it's not your job to completely identify with this sport and make it who you are. Like, the sport can't be you, you know? Like, you have to live that sport. And, of course, there's a culture around it, and it adds to you. But it's okay to not completely identify with everything within it and to be something else outside of that. Like, you can be an athlete and also be, like, a tuba player or singer or something. Like, you know, you don't have to just be an athlete. You can be anything you want to be as long as it's not crazy, you know? Be, be reasonable. Yeah. So identity crisis is when you are questioning your sense of identity and purpose. And we talked about both of those. And as athletes, um, it can show up as a lot of stuff. It can show up as uh, feeling lost, lack of motivation, depression, low confidence, which we talked about. Yeah. Even eating disorders and substance abuse, which I am very grateful I've never had to deal with um, either of those. I never had like problems. eating disorders or substance abuse, but I definitely had the like depression and feeling lost and you know things like that. But I guess I'll ask you like you had injuries and I already know not playing makes you question your identity too. What effect did like your injuries have on your identity and like your thoughts on your future? Okay. Um, on my future, I was really concerned. I decided that I wasn't going to play soccer anymore after my second injury, and I was very upset about it because I wasn't planning on doing that way, but life throws curveballs at you, and you have to adapt to it, and that's a big thing about me. I don't like change, and I don't like instant change like that, so that was really hard, and then the injuries, I mean, I'm grateful for them now because it has made me to a stronger player and person and uh, like I said challenges are a way for you to evolve and I feel like that had to happen I feel like my injuries had to happen in order for me to become the person I am today Mm. Um, but another uh, challenge I had with identity was after winning Miss Jasper County I really felt like I had to be perfect all the time I like people were watching me so I had to always have a smile on my face and always have had my makeup and hair perfect and I feel like this is not talked about at all in the pageantry world like you are expected to be perfect all of the time and that really caught up to me 
if you look at my Instagram, I didn't post at all for a year when I was, because I didn't think any post was perfect. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that was a huge identity thing. Um, and that's why I hesitate on running for Miss Indiana, because am I confident in my identity enough? Or am I going to let that take a piece of me? Mm, I feel that sometimes things can take a hold of you and shake you up. I guess one last, last question, for real. Okay. Um, what was like a pivotal moment in your life that made you realize you liked yourself? Because I don't think this is talked about enough. First of all, humans aren't always like blank slates. Like a lot of times we're just products of our environment and then we kind of react to it that way. Mm-hmm. So what is like a moment in your life when you realize you could be someone successful or you could do whatever you want or it gave you like confidence in yourself? So I have a weird uh, scenario here. I've always been like a really confident person. Like in high school, in middle school, I was like super confident. No one could tell me different. And then in high school, I became this opposite version of myself where I was like very anxious and very like insecure. It was during my injuries. So I think that played a big role into it. But now I feel like I'm back into that confident stage where like I know who I am and I'm very confident and no one's going to change that. And that's now I know like I'm going to be successful. Because I work hard and I just I'm confident. But what about you? Uh, well, kind of like you. Even though I I used to always think, man, I wasn't really that confident. I was never a super confident kid. I was an extremely confident kid. Like I just thought I was good at everything, and I always wanted to win. I'm super competitive, you know. And I see that's one thing I forgot to even bring up: competition with identity. Anyway. I was, like, really confident all the way until, like, college, pretty much. Like, I was always this person who was like, I'm going to figure it out no matter what, and nobody can tell me different because I do this, you know. I even now, like, sometimes my ego gets the best of me. It was like, they're not me, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I do this. Mm -hmm. And I guess a moment that really solidified, like, that thought for me was actually when I quit. Like, I was not confident in college. I would not speak to people. Like, once I got to college, I didn't speak to people. I didn't raise my hand in class. I didn't say anything. And then with basketball, it's like, I just did what I was told. I shut up, and I just, I did it. But, like, when I quit, there was this, like, very empowering feeling. Like, yo, this is you, and this is you taking control of your life. And after this, you know, I feel like finals week was right after this, so. We went through finals, and we go to the next semester. And I have a class with Cicely and Wolf and Sonya and all you guys, you know, like. And then I have this, you know, junior communications class. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to as many people as I can. So I started talking to you guys. And then I started talking to all these girls in my junior communications class. And I'm like, why did I think I was so bad at this? Why did I assume that? people wouldn't like me even though like I make people laugh and I make people happy and like I like bring up like good ideas like why and I was like I've had let this have a stranglehold on me for so long like college and the idea of just not being good enough took a stranglehold on me and that moment where I decided to like actually put my life in my hands was a thing with beauty because
because it showed me that I could make a decision and I mm-hmm. could be okay from it. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, we're about our time limit, so that's all we have for today. But we hope you enjoyed the podcast and hope you took away a lot of information from it. Um, instead of be yourself, I want to say know who you are, be confident in yourself, and just be authentic. I would say be human and be vulnerable with yourself. Bye.